0: Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. vasudevaya. Hari Krishna. I just wanted to. That's work. You can hear something. Yeah. Hare Krishna, now? Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) All right, so what book are we reading? Where are we? It's been a long time. We're on 44, right? Uh, Chapter 21, fourth canto, verse 44. 42? Okay, 42. Well, 44 is the next one with the purport, right? Oh, no, 42... We didn't do 42? Right. We did 42. Yeah, so we're on 43. Okay. All right. So these are uh, the instructions of Maharaj Prithu to his citizens. Is that right? Okay. O oh, respectable personalities present here. I beg the blessings of all of you that I may perpetually carry on my crown the dust of the lotus feet of such brahmanas and Vaishnavas until the end of my life. He who can carry such dust on his head is very soon relieved of all the reactions which arise from sinful life and eventually he develops all good and desirable qualities. So, talking about the importance of devotee association here, right? Whoever acquires the Brahminical Qualification, text 44, whose only wealth is good behavior, that's an interesting uh, definition of wealth, who is grateful, who takes shelter of experienced persons, gets all the opulence of the world, I therefore wish that the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his associates be pleased with the Brahmana class, with the cows, and with me." So good behavior, wealth is good behavior, who's grateful, and this is interesting, you take shelter of experienced persons. Now generally that means taking shelter of uh, people who've been around the world a little longer and have experience. But not necessarily so. One can, like the uh, four kumaras, of course they were the oldest on one hand and then they were like children. And Prabhupada says that uh, Lord Chaitanya was on this planet how many years? 48? Yeah. And Sankaracharya 32 years? Something like that, right? Yeah. So it's not necessarily the amount of gray hairs that someone has that makes someone experienced. For example, we don't know what kind of amazing advancement they made in a previous life, right, for example. So uh, it's it's not only age, although part of our culture is to respect elders. That's true. But that doesn't mean we disrespect people who are younger, but who are wise, right? So, Nan- nanamukhi, you're younger, but you're wise, so we have to respect you. <laughs> so, uh, in Prabhupada's purport, we talked about gratitude uh, the last time we had a class, but we'll read a little bit about it here. First of all, let me... tasmai shri namaha, shri svayam rupakadamayam dadhati kam. Prabhupada writes, a devotee acquires all the good qualities of the demigods. What's that verse? Yes, yasti bhaktir akinchana. sarvayar gunas tatra samasatesura. He is guna yama, yanam, the reservoir of all good qualities. His only asset is good behavior and he is grateful. Gratitude for the mercy of the supreme personality of Godhead is one of the qualities of brahmanas and vaishnavas. Okay, so let's go around the room real quickly and say one thing that we're grateful for. Rambaru, what's one thing you're grateful for? I'm so grateful for I'm you. for ra- <laughs> Thank you very much. Rajit. Grateful for devotees. Okay, you just showed up. Grateful for. Um, Srimad Bhagavatam and all the scriptures. You can repeat one if somebody stole yours. <laughs> okay. Holy okay. name. I'm grateful, for your grateful everyone's association. I'm grateful, I can hear these grateful to hear these lessons in this class. Grateful for the Pasadam. There's an honest man. For? She Lord Krishna? Grateful to to discuss to attend the class and discuss the Bhagavatam? You're grateful that I'm teaching. That's, that's a mistake. Um, I'm grateful, I was asking all you that question, Uh, for all the arrangements Krishna makes to try to bring us back to him. Someone in the back, what are you grateful for? Okay, so you're grateful to Krishna that he gave us Srila Prabhupada who gave us the ISKCON Association of Devotees. Did I get that right? Okay. Everyone should feel grateful to the Supreme Personality of Godhead because he is maintaining all living entities and is supplying all the necessities. What's that verse? Somebody, just say it out loud. Yes, Eko Bahunam Yo Vividati Kaman. Yes, Krishna is the self sufficient philosopher who's been fulfilling desires of everyone since time immemorial. Actually, it says it here. <laughs> you guys could have cheated. As stated in the Vedas, Eko Bahunam Yo Vividati Kaman. <laughs> the Supreme One is supplying all necessities to the living entities. The living entity who is therefore grateful to the Supreme Personality of Godhead is certainly qualified with good characteristics so isn't that interesting good qualities are connected to gratitude why do you think that is what is the connection between good qualities and being grateful there is a microphone somewhere Yeah, there's two of them we are back in business we have two microphones and everything uh,
1: because gratitude makes us satisfied I don't think it's on huh? the microphone you can it's in here. It's on. You can use this one. The
0: red one's really louder. Oh. <laughs> She's a controller of both the microphone and the... It's
1: on. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, gratitude uh, makes us satisfied. Turn that off. Uh, makes us satisfied internally. And when one is satisfied, you naturally exhibit kindness and good wow. qualities.
0: That's deep. I like I that i hadn't thought of that, yeah Gratitude makes us satisfied, and that 's an important thing, tushti pushti Shudapaya right that that verse in the eleventh canto that uh, that uh, just as a hungry person with every morsel gets pleasure uh satisfaction of hunger, and no satisfaction, and relief of hunger, so similarly, one who practices bhakti gets satisfaction happiness and relief of material desire, is that right? Something like that? Yeah. Detachment. Detachment, right, right, yeah. Yes, so, very nice.
1: And I think conversely, when you're dissatisfied, there's so much expectation from everyone and everything, Mm. and so then naturally, like, you know, the whole thing comes from that.
0: And expectations is very important. Yeah, oh, go ahead, Rambru. It's never enough if you're not satisfied, yes. And it's really important for us, and I'm preaching to myself more than you, that we have, like, like we have, I was going to say, we have clear expectations. You know, if in my work, uh, uh, I always talk about people, you know, making sure people have clear expectations because that's the cause of conflict. One one of the main causes. You know, you, you, you uh, if you think, uh, whatever, you, you're, if, if the boss expects certain things out of the suit, the, employee but doesn't explain it to him then they then the unclear or if one you know uh, expects a high score in their performance review and doesn't you know so expect unclear expectations so for us um, we have kind of I could say two kinds of expectations one, the spiritual and i guess the material in the sense that we uh, uh, expect krishna's mercy Tate nukampam suksha that uh, the devotee uh, is always knowing that Krishna is merciful and is expecting Krishna's mercy, and then in the material world, we really have to try to. Uh, and and uh, again, I'm preaching myself more than you. Clarify your expectation. We should expect miseries. We should not like be oh surprise. Oh my God! Right? Just like uh, so, my son had his wedding a couple of weeks ago now. It was a big, joyous occasion. And nishringa Kavacha Prabhu, the deity worship minister, was there. And he was enjoying and all that. And then a week later, he's in the hospital with a four-centimeter tumor in his stomach. And, you know, if they hadn't gotten to him to the hospital, and, you know, if they had gotten to him an hour later, finished. So now devotees are doing a GoFundMe so that he can have an operation and all this. But... You know, he was enjoying and having the lasagna and all that, and you know, the joyous occasion. And then, so, but we, but um, it's 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 so hard in one sense because, really, when we hear this, we're exercising our intelligence, right? Yes, the material world is a place of suffering, but really, it has to go down to, to some vigyan, some realization. Otherwise, we'll still be surprised, right? Because to to really have this deep conviction and understanding. Uh, intellectually and experientially, that this place is uh, not a happy place. And that's part of the other expectation that it's part of Krishna's mercy. Right? And uh, uh, we've talked about this before, but Akendra Prabhu, one of the best lines, he writes a lot of songs. <clears throat> and when, one of his best lines in one of his songs is he talks about all the miseries in the material world. And then the chorus is, and then it lets up a little, it only lets up a little, and when it lets up a little, I think I like it here. And it's such a profound, uh, for me, I thought, it, he's talking about all the miseries of the world, and then the, the miseries just let up a little bit, and then we think, oh, I think I like it here. So having that clear, expect like you said, expectations, because the wrong expectations can cause dissatisfaction, and dissatisfaction, you're saying, causes... Uh, material consciousness. And satisfaction can come from really clear expectations. Right? We are going to get old. We are going to get sick. We are going to die. And don't like, wow, Krishna, why did you do this to me? Well, duh. We took a material body. We should expect it. And expect Krishna's kindness. Yeah. Anything else on this? Okay, so let's see. But it's just such a nice point that uh, one who is grateful is qualified with good characteristics. So, and that's that's a, you know, even in the mundane world, and let's speak for devotees, when we are in anxiety, when we are angry, when we are upset, when the modes of material nature are affecting us, one way to deal with that is to think about what we're grateful for. Obviously, we can chant Hare Krishna. Right? There's many things, but you know, for a devotee, thinking what we're grateful for, as when we asked you all, brought out spiritual things. So thinking about what we're grateful for can actually... Because the mind will focus. The mind actually, it's a very interesting thing, but for many of us, I don't know about all of us, but for many of us, the mind actually has enjoys bewilderment. Does that make sense? There's actually this kind of perverted enjoyment in being in maya and being bewildered. The The drama? The drama. Yeah, the mind, yeah. It's fooling around, it's fooling us. Yeah, okay, so we should practice gratitude. Actually, some people say, you wake up in the morning. Of course, we wake up in the morning and we're... Uh, the recommendation in the Archana Pariyata is say that verse Jayate Jana Nivasa Devaki You know that verse? It's a beautiful verse, uh, and, you're, and you're supposed to. Uh, apparently, Lord Chaitanya chanted that when he woke up, right? Uh, we can maybe find that in. If um, someone reminds me, I'll send it out on email to everybody. It's a beautiful verse, and then, you, well, usually what you do is, uh, according to the Archana you say the name of your deities, right? So we might say just so instead of waking up and saying "Oh god 10 more minutes you know uh, the idea is jai shri shri gornita lakshman hanuman mohan ki jai and jayate janani Devi ki jamnabadu i don't remember the whole thing i used to say it when i was a brahmachari all the whole time but the idea is fill our mind with krishna right away hmm. anything on that yes my microphone Okay, I think you got to turn it on.
2: Yes. Still on this original point, we mentioned uh, like grateful. How grateful is connected to good qualities? Yes. Um, I I consider grateful. Being grateful make a make us um, restore our original sensitivity.
0: Hmm. Nice. And, and what's is, our original sensitivity?
2: It's um, just appreciation, just aspiration to, be, um, to to taste, to experience, to expand our, uh, uh, how to say this experience, or mm. sensitive over, over whatever things that come in, to, come in contact in the consciousness. Wow, That is like a person about to die, then he think, oh, everything is so beautiful.
0: Right, so if I understand you correctly, by gratitude you're saying we can also be more sensitive. Like for example, for example, when we're taking prasadam, instead of just woofing it down and using our spoon like a, uh, I don't know, like a... <laughs> a shovel, yeah, thank you, like a shovel, we actually, you know, are meditating that this is Krishna's mercy, right, in the form of prasadam. And uh, I remember we once went to a health retreat, and there was a big sign that says your stomach does not have teeth. So, you know, you chew it, you know, and like when they do these mindfulness things, especially in Buddhist uh, meditations, they just give everybody one raisin, and they tell you to mindfully eat that raisin and just, you know, experience the taste of it, the texture, and all that, right? Because we usually don't do that when we're eating. Now, you know, we, if we did it that, we'd probably be eating all day, so we don't have to go that slowly. But to be sensitive when we're chanting our rounds, to be sensitive that the name is Krishna, to be, when we're reading the Bhagavatam, that the Bhagavatam has arisen after the departure of Lord Krishna to give light in this age, so to be aware. Is that kind of what you were
2: Yes because yes. fruit of intention covers that sensitivity fruit of
0: intention covers that sensitivity my god we got all these scholar philosophers in this class what a nice point fruit of intention covers our spiritual sensitivity you should write an article about that that's very nice fruit of intention yes we, we yeah we our senses become more gross because passion and ignorance are more gross things. And goodness and what to speak of spirituality is, is subtle. Yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say to the same point that fruit of intention, this desire to enjoy makes everything in, turn into an object. It just... Makes everything
0: know, an object. Yeah, everything right.
1: is an object. You know, it no longer has, you know, any features or personalism all that goes away so it's because it's for me so then naturally there's no sensitivity so and then one degrades to like any extent because of that. Degrades to? To like any extent. extent. The more that focus is on it's for my enjoyment the more whatever is in front of us just becomes an Mm. object to be consumed in some way or the other.
0: Right. And sensitivity, spiritual sensitivity means seeing Krishna everywhere Mm -hmm. and uh, seeing that all of my activities are meant to please him. Did I get that right? Uh, You approve? (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and also like there's that nice section in Madhurya Kadambani where describing prema, where, you know, the devotee is so grateful naturally at that stage and Mm. every little thing is just... You know, a- anything, you know, no, all the senses are, like, fully enlivened. Wow. You know? They just, just to t- see anything connected to Krishna, right? And How they're nice. seeing everything connected to Krishna.
0: <laughs> How nice. Yes, Prabhu, what microphone? Uh, Andy, could you pass it to, to your left?
3: Uh, it, it also helps us develop humility. Even what, what does? When we express gratitude. Ah, yeah. So... You know, otherwise I sort of think that me, 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 I did. But if I'm able to express gratitude towards others, then I'm also developing a little bit, right. maybe 0.1% humility.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's a, it, it is the. Uh, there's a nice uh, article, a uh, paper written by um, oh, the guy passed away recently. I can't remember, one of Swami's favorite authors and he, was talking, he called it the me generation. This was actually the 80s generation I think he wrote about, but still, we, I guess every generation is probably the me generation. Janasya mohoyam aham that in bewilderment we think in terms of I and mine. This is uh Lord Dev teaches. And George Harrison wrote a song based on that verse, all through the day, I me mine, I me mine, I me mine. Yeah. The great sage Maitreya said, after hearing King Prithu speak so nicely, all the demigods, the denizens of Pit- Pitri Loka, the Brahmanas, and the saintly persons present at the meeting congratulated him by expressing their goodwill. They all declared that the Vedic conclusion that one can conquer the heavenly planets by the action of a Putra or sun was fulfilled, for the most sinful Vena, who had been killed by the curse of the Brahmanas, was now delivered from the darkest region of hellish life by his son. Maharaj Prithu. So even bad old Vena got a good uh, ending by the mercy of his son. So I don't know, Rambru, Maybe you and I are in the same boat. We're just hoping our sons will deliver us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Have <laughs> Ramburu has two wonderful devotee sons. Similarly, Hiranyakashipu, who by dint of his sinful activities always defiled the supremacy of the supreme personality of Godhead, entered into the darkest region of hellish life. But by the grace of his great son, who? Pralad Maharaj, he also was delivered and went back home, back to Godhead. All the saintly brahmanas, and Prabhupada would sometimes, you know, in his incredible humility, say that um, he was hoping that one of his disciples would become a pure devotee and deliver him. Which, of course, is... Un- You're talking about humility. That's like unfathomable humility. All the saintly Brahmins thus addressed Prithu Maharaj. O best of the warriors, O father of this globe, may you be blessed with a long life. For you have great devotion to the infallible supreme personality of Godhead, who is a master uh, of all the universe. The audience continued. So this is the because there was a whole group of people. King prithu your reputation is the purest of all, for you are preaching the glories of the most glorified of all, the supreme personality of Godhead, the lord of the brahmanas. Since, due to our great fortune, we have you as our master, We think that we are living directly under the agency of the Lord. Oh, our dear Lord, it is your occupational duty to rule over your citizens. That that is not a wonderful task for a personality like you, who are so affectionate in seeing to the interests of the citizens because you are full of mercy. That is the greatness of your character. The citizens continued, today you have opened our eyes and revealed how to cross to the other side of the ocean of darkness. By our past deeds and by the arrangement of superior authority, we are entangled in a network of fruitive activities and have lost sight of the destination of life. Thus, we have been wandering within the universe. Prabhupada writes, by the way, could everyone remind me I should end a little early because I have a one thirty flight. So just a little early. Yeah. You'll remind me. Sure, yeah. Okay, is that why your hand was up? I had a question. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Wait a second. There's a microphone.
4: Hello, hello. Yes. Uh, by, by wandering, does he mean uh, the endless cycle of birth and death? Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Exactly, and it can mean in various species.
4: Right. I was going to get. Not that.
0: always humans. Yeah.
4: Okay, so that's what wandering in the universe. Yes.
0: Is. A matter of fact. Uh, there's a verse that goes like this Brahmanda Pramite Kon Bhagyavanji Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Beej. That according to our karma, we are wandering throughout the entire universe in different species. Uh, some of them are some of us are elevated to high upper planetary systems and some to lower planetary systems. But out of many such wandering living entities, one who is very fortunate gets the opportunity to associate with a bona fide teacher, a spiritual master, and the grace of Krishna. And by their mercy, the seed of bhakti enters the heart. Okay? That's a famous verse from the Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Lila, chapter 19, verse 1 through 51. So here in the purport it says, in this verse the word karma, bir, daiva samgyatai are very significant. Due to the quality of our actions, we come to the association of the modes of material nature. And by superior arrangement, we are given a chance to enjoy the of results of such activities in different types of bodies. In this way, having lost sight of their destinations in life, all living entities are wandering in different species throughout the universe. So here's the answer to your question. Sometimes getting birth in lower species and sometimes in higher planetary systems. Thus, we are all wandering since time immemorial. So if we, real, again, it, if we were sensitive enough uh, to be grateful and understand our actual position in this verse, how would we live our life? It would be very amazing how we would live our life from moment to moment if we were fixed in this remembrance. It takes 50, 50, 50, oops, two. dear Lord, you are situated in your pure existential position of goodness. Therefore, you are the perfect representative of the Supreme Lord. You are glorified by your own prowess and thus you are maintaining the entire world by introducing Brahminical culture and protecting everyone in your, of, uh, in your line of duty as a chatriya. And Prabhupada writes, there is no other means for elevating one from the lowest stage of life to the highest stage of life but the execution of devotional service. As advised, why is that? There's so many other There's yoga, there's gyan, there's raj yoga, there's becoming a rich person. Why is it that uh, there's no other means going from the lowest stage to the highest stage but bhakti, but devotional service? Yes, Andy? Or did you want to answer, Bru? You have mic. I,
3: I was going to just say that uh, bhakti yoga uh, creates this, uh, it, it makes you think that you're a servant of Krishna, whereas other processes. There may be some ego that will not be let go of. Okay. You know, like for example, Jnana yoga, you can become very proud of your knowledge. And, uh, you know, in the, like Hatha yoga, you can have the mechanical means. And you may think, I can just, on my mechanical prowess, I can get to the Vakanta lokas. so, right. But, but in, in Bhakti, you sort of depend on Krishna and you. Ah, uh, uh, you now can, you
0: see, you, you, now you came up with the second point, depending so, on so, Krishna. So, so,
3: like, you know, you, you say to yourself, and like maybe in a very very small portion saying i'm your servant
0: right okay andy did you want to add to that
5: well i was just going to give the easy answer which is we're in kali yuga so to get out from under that uh, what i oh, that's an easy answer you need okay. bhakti
0: <laughs> all right did you ha- you had your hand up you're going to add something uh, in the back uh, yeah maybe
4: uh, recognizing the personal feature of the of lord krishna Okay. It's different from um, accepting an impersonal feature. And I just recently read, I, I know I'm on Canto uh, One, but it talks about the uh, detachment and knowledge, how together
0: that's different from having one or the other. Very good, very good. Yes? So my thought is
3: like, um, uh, Bhakti Yoga is the purely meant for Kali Yuga. And is it like, you know, Namasankirtan is the only way that we can, you know, Okay, um, we can uh, we can we can get back to Godhead, the easiest way uh, that was prescribed for this particular yoga.
0: All right, any of the ladies? If it's been all men, answer to this question. Yes, Nandimuki.
2: Uh, just uh, similar to the same uh, in the same spirit, because Bhakti Yoga actually changes the meaning and purpose of life.
0: Bhakti yoga changes the meaning and purpose of life. you really got to start writing some articles. You're coming up with all these like heavy uh, statements. <laughs> Bhakti yoga changes, changes the meaning and purpose of life. Nice. I was going to say the simple thing that um, <clears throat> we're not depending on ourselves. We're depending on Krishna's strength and Krishna's power. And uh, therefore we're plugged into the, the storehouse. Of, of abilities, and, and by his mercy, we are raised from the lowest to the highest, not by our strength. You're going to add something?
1: I guess something similar, but I was just going to say all other paths, you need some qualification mm. to get on that path even. Like it's dependent on your endeavor in some way. But bhakti yoga, that's why even from the lowest level, you know, you can just start it because it's no previous qualification previous before.
0: qualification, right yeah. right, wow okay, so we'll continue as advised in the, present, in the previous chapters of Srimad Bhagavatam, one can raise himself from the lowest position to the highest simply by associating with devotees and hearing Srimad Bhagavatam from their mouths and then this is a verse from that first canto that you're reading right now Srinvatam Swakata Krishna punya shravana kirtanam what's the rest? Very good. So in the gradual cleansing process, one is relieved of the influence of passion and ignorance and is situated on the platform of goodness. The result of association with the qualities of passion and ignorance is that one becomes lusty and greedy. When one is elevated to the platform of goodness, he hears that word, Nandamuki, He is satisfied in any condition of life and without lust and greed. This mentality indicates one's situated on the platform of goodness. One has to transcend this goodness and raise himself to the pure goodness called viridha sattva, or the advanced stage of goodness. In the advanced stage of goodness, one can become Krishna conscious. Hmm. So, again, if we're satisfied, we, well, when we, well, this is interesting. So here it says when you're in the mode of goodness, then you become satisfied. So that's an uh, uh, interesting juxtaposition. All right, anything else on this chapter? Because that's the last, chapter, last verse of the chapter. All right, so then moving on. The great sage Maitreya said, chapter 22, when the citizens were thus praying to the most powerful King Prithu, the four kumaras who were as bright as the sun arrived on the spot. So yeah, they really seemed to show up him, them and Nardamuni, they show up at interesting times. Right? Seeing the glowing effulgence of the four kumaras, the master of all mystic power, the king and his associates could recognize them as they descended from the sky. So I'm sure, I hope we, if they showed up right now for Darshan, that we would recognize them. Right? Wouldn't it be cool if they just came for Darshan right now? Text three, seeing the four kumaras, prithu Maharaj was greatly anxious to receive them. Therefore, the king, with all his officers, very hastily got up, as anxiously as a conditioned soul whose senses are immediately attracted by the modes of material nature. Right, so if you're a conditioned soul and the, whatever sense object is your favorite thing, let's say food, right, and then somebody brings you this big plate of, we won't mention any specific edibles, or unedibles, but right, it's just like, wow, thank you so much, right? especially if you're a little hungry. So in the same way, uh, the king and all the his officers, they got up as anxiously as someone would devour a plate of whatever. So I thought that was an interesting analogy. It indicated that the author here it understands the nature, the power of the modes of material nature to attract us very instantaneously to things. And in the, towards the end of the purport it says, it is said birds of a feather flock together. In this world everyone is attracted by a person of the same category. Prabhupada gives the example that, uh, I was just listening on a lecture yesterday. He said that uh, just like, um, uh, Nandamukhi, where are you from? What, what, What town? Beijing, okay. So if you were out at, uh, you know, Whole Foods or something, and you run into someone who looks Chinese, and you say, where are they from? And they say, Beijing. And they say, what part of Beijing? And they're from the same areas. You say, oh, wow, so nice to meet you. Right? Because we're attracted to people of the same category. Right? Prabhupada talked about this. He said that if he meets someone from Calcutta, he said, and immediately there's some bonding. He was also saying how this is an (laughs) illusion. because it's just for this lifetime, right? Um, a, drunken, a drunkard is attracted to persons who are also drunkards. Similarly, a saintly person is attracted by other saintly persons. Prithu Maharaj was, was in the topmost position of spiritual advancement. As such, he was attracted to the Kumaras, who were of the same category. It is said that a man is known by his company. Hmm? So... Uh, in one place, Shastra says, Our only happiness should be in the opportunity for Swajatiya Snigha Asaya Shadu Sangha, the association of those Vaishnava Sadhus who are situated in the goal we want to attain and who are affectionate to us. And then this is from um, a, a book about Prabhupada. The bishop was elderly and pious. And Prabhupada struck up an affectionate conversation with him. He was a, Catholic, a Christian bishop. Catholic, I think. They spoke about the cold June weather, because they were in Australia, <clears throat> and then about the loss of values in society. Prabhupada asked the bishop to examine the book, A Scientific Basis for Krishna Consciousness, but the bishop didn't have his glasses. Prabhupada then lent him his own glasses, and his prescription perfectly suited the bishop. Prabhupada laughed, birds of the same feather. And then in another place, interestingly enough, there were some uh, African-American devotees in Cleveland at one time who wanted to start their own center. And Prabhupada okayed it, saying, it's natural that they want to have similar uh, association. So, of course, we also want diversity in our in our uh, society as well, but at least in that case. So it's a tendency to, um, to want to, swa, it literally means jati, right? We know what, you know, swa means with, and jati means like caste, right? Or something like that, but swajati is to have affection for like-minded people. So uh, te- the general's um, instruction is to want to associate with like-minded people and also those who are more advanced than us. At the same time, in a society like ISKCON, we, we don't want to just do that because it is helpful, especially in trying to think how to spread Krishna consciousness or how to manage the society. It's good to hear uh, different opinions. If, if, so as long as we're respectful. You see, there's, there's different opinions can cause a lot of conflict or different opinions can, cause, can create a synergy where you take the best uh, of, of a variety of people, and you leave behind, the, you know, whatever shortcomings they may have. So it can be, it can be, it can broaden our horizons, right? Because on the other hand, what is that saying? If every, if you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So, uh, so broadening our horizons is good, and is, and then at the same time, it's understandable. And I think we, if we think about. Who our friends are like you two are friends right I always see you coming together or maybe you three also yeah so is that because you don't like each other no you like each other but also you sit you probably have similar spiritual aspirations right if Nandamuki said to you well let's go out partying on a Friday night you know I know a good discotheque you you probably that would be so out of character it's unbelievable but anyway uh you know that then you might not associate so closely, but you have similar spiritual aspirations, so so it makes it easy to so even though you have if you think about it, the three of you have different backgrounds um, in terms of life before you were devotees or like that. So swajati is It's very natural that we do that, but but so you, you see anyway you see the balance there. Yes, any thoughts on this? Yes, Andy. You have to turn it on first.
5: I just had <clears throat> a little comment. I was interested that it was looked like it was a passive thing. Because if you look, like when he starts talking about the drunkard, he says a drunkard is attracted to persons. But then in the next sentence, he's saying similarly, a saintly person is attracted by other saintly persons. And then it says uh, Prithu Maharaj was attracted by the camaras so it's like he was a piece of iron and they were a magnet he didn't have to do anything just because the way he was he was like the iron and they were the magnet and they would always attract I think
0: it works both ways yeah yeah, yeah. it's not it was... either or yeah right but
5: in yes. other words you don't have to work to be cultivate your attraction if you this is the way I was thinking if right. you achieve a certain thing then you'll automatically be attracted by these people yes
0: yeah. so it works both ways But like a good test, I always like to joke that a good test is uh, you're going to a doctor's office and you're in the waiting room and there's a Bhagavatam there and a Time magazine and which one do you pick up? (laughs) (laughs) That might be uh, a sobering uh, thought for some of us. (laughs) Because then there's a choice, right? Yes. But, you know, I think most of us, even if we're not that elevated, we are attracted to saintly qualities. We're attracted to Srila uh, Prabhupada. We're attracted to his representatives who, uh, who carry his mood and mission with them. Right. Like all of us in this room should be uh, attracted to associate with Ram Baru Mataji. She's, uh, she carries the mood of Srila Prabhupada so nicely. When the great sages accepted their reception, according to the instructions of the Shastras, and finally took their seats offered by the king, the king, influenced by the glories of the sages, immediately bowed down. Thus, he worshipped the four Kumaras. After this, the king took the water, which had washed the lotus feet of the Kumaras, and sprinkled it over his hair. By such respectful action, the king, as an exemplary personality, showed how to receive a spiritually advanced personality. Right, so if you wash the feet of a pure devotee and then you take some water. Or when we offer the conch shell, right, we first offer it to the feet and then over the head of the deities, right? Did I get that right? Yes. So in one sense it's bathed the Lord's feet and also bathed the whole Lord. So um, naturally we take charnamrit for that reason. Text six, the four great sages were elder to Lord Shiva. That's interesting, they didn't look like it, right? And when they were seated on the golden throne, they appeared just like fire blazing on an altar. Maharaj Prithu, out of his great gentleness and respect for them, began to speak with great restraint as follows. So gentleness and respect. Wouldn't those be nice qualities? In general. Yes. Yes. Respect. Now sometimes your respect for someone could mean chastising them, correcting them very strongly when you because you're showing, if someone's about to walk off a cliff, it's respectful to grab them by the neck and save them, right? You don't have to be gentle. Well, I'm sorry, if, if you take a few more steps, I'm afraid maybe there's going to be a act. No, you just grab, right? So respect and gentleness can take different forms according to the time, the place, and the circumstance. But here, in the face of saintly persons, right, the, the, that gentleness and respect is there. Text 7, King Prithu spoke, My uh, dear great sages, auspiciousness personified. Isn't that a nice thing? Auspiciousness personified. It is very difficult for even the mystic yogis to see you. Indeed, you are very rarely seen. I do not know what kind of pious activity I perform for you to grace me by appearing before me without difficulty. Any person... I'm not skipping anything, am I? No, text seven. Wait. Although okay, yes. When someone when something uncommon, this is purport to seven, when something uncommon happens in one's progressive spiritual life, it should be understood to be occurred by agata sukriti or pious activities beyond one's knowledge. To see personally the supreme personality of Godhead or his pure devotee is not an ordinary incident. When such things happen, they should be understood to be caused by previous pious activities as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, "Yeshaṁ Tvantikata-pahapam Punyakarmanam, Punya-karmanam. One who is completely freed from all rea- uh, resultant actions of sinful activities and who is absorbed only in pious activities can engage in devotional service. Although Maharaj Prithu's life was full of pious activities, he was wondering how his audience with the Kumaras happened. He could not imagine what kind of pious activities he had performed. This is a sign of humility on the part of King Prithu, whose life was so full of pious activities that even Lord Vishnu came to see him and predicted that the Kumaras would also come. Remember, they had, he had predicted that you'd see the four Kumaras, and indeed he did. So um, this is this purport is actually explaining, in one sense, two different... Mindsets. And we, we need to have two of them, although we could say, in one sense, one of them is more devotional. Okay? So, yes, we're not disagreeing with Krishna when he says, Yesham Tantakata Papam, right? That, uh, that in general, uh, we've, we've, you know, to have taken up Krishna consciousness, there's every chance that we had somehow performed some Bhakti Unmut Sukriti in a previous life. But certainly when Prabhupada was asked about this, he did not, for his disciples, for us in ISKCON, did not necessarily recommend that. He said that the spiritual, that he created our pious activities. We didn't have them, but him. And so this is the way madhyama Adhikari, uh, Majjama Bhakta uh, um, pre- uh, thinks, right? That I have to go, it's not like, okay, if I, if I don't go out and try to spread Krishna consciousness, that's all right. Krishna will make another arrangement, right? We don't think like that. We think, oh, let me give as many people as possible the opportunity to hear about Krishna and create in them the chance to take to Krishna consciousness. Because you know, you could kind of think, well, you yeah, know, because you could be less grateful if you think, well, yeah, this is because I was I must have been a pretty cool devotee in my last life, right? That really wouldn't. Um, bring about, Do you missing something? Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> so that's, that's a devotee's attitude. And that's kind of what Prithu Maharaj is hinting at here, right? He's saying, what kind of pious activities could I have performed to have this opportunity? So that's more of, a, that's more of a, the appropriate attitude for us. Although we certainly don't disagree with the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. <clears throat> and another way to look at it is something um, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. It was, a, it was really one of the foci, foc, focuses, foci, of uh, Satyananda Maharaj's uh, presentation in the last Govardhan retreat. And he was talking about Bivalamangalva Thakur, that he had some piety from previous lives, but it only takes, and he said, this is another way for a devotee to look. We had some piety that took us to a certain point and then, it it, then it, we burnt that up. And then, we have, then it's our sincerity and our, our desire that takes us further. And we hit that wall of using up whatever we had previously. And now it's a question of how sincere we are to continue and to go forward. And that Bivala Mangal Thakur hit that wall. And then, of course, he took a very drastic step, we could say, to carry on further, but he, you know, he through his sincerity he made further advance. That's how it's explained about his life. So any thoughts on this? It's a little it's not subtle, but it's it's important to think about this uh in, in the way that Srila Prabhupada recommended. No? We're good?
4: So I was curious about like what you meant like when you said like hit a wall and <laughs> kind of like like do the previous you know, pious activities like the whatever you're supposed to get in return of that like that gets burnt like like or if, if you could just clarify.
0: Okay, yes. Hit a wall might be not the best analogy in the three worlds. Uh, when we've Come to the level of advancement we were in, we were on in a previous life, and now we have to. That's that's where we're at, and now we have to make further advance. But I sometimes you could see that, you know. I remember some devotees. I won't mention names, but um, when you know when we were in the '70s, and uh, they joined, and like the second they joined, they like f- did things like put on tilak perfectly. And when I was a new bhakti, my tilak was like all over my face, you know, <laughs> you couldn't, you know? and there were certain things that just, you could see, it, it just seemed like, you know, from my point of view, they were just like, right, they came in touch with the devotee and it was just like a lighting a match to dry grass or something like that. But another way to look at it, and this might be a different analogy and I'm not sure if it works, but I was thinking about it as you were talking. Is let's say you were a uh, a trust fund person where you had some, you got an inheritance from your family, but you decided not to work. So you use it up, you use it up, you use it up until it's zero. You could, then you got to go get a job to do it. So we can use up, you know, our bhakti will take us this far, but then we have to continue. And that usually means we have to be sincerely endeavor. Is that all right? Either of those two work for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the point is, we don't want to, do, either way, we don't want to, we don't want to exhibit pride. I say, yeah, well, I became a devotee because I must have been really rocking in my last life. You know, as a bhakta. What's that? Okay. Thank you. Oh, no, I don't think, obviously, maybe 10-2 or something like that, a quarter-2. Yeah, thank you. Um, Nice point, though, right? Important point to, uh, you know, because it ties in with the gratitude thing that we talked about, gratitude thing, the gratitude point that we talked about earlier. Any person upon whom the brahmanas and Vaishnavas are pleased can achieve anything which is very rare to obtain in this world as well as after death. That's an important point, isn't it? Not only that, but one who also... Achieves the favor of the auspicious Lord Shiva and Lord Vishnu who accompany the Brahmins and Vaishnavas. Bharash continued Although you are traveling in all planetary systems, people cannot know you just as they cannot know the Supersoul, although he is within everyone's heart as a witness of everything. Even Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva cannot understand the Supersoul. Um, so Prabhupada writes, in the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said, "Muyanti yat suraya, great demigods like Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, Indra, and Chandra are sometimes bewildered, trying to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It so happened that when Krishna was present on this planet, Lord Brahma and King Indra also mistook him, right? Of course, it's part of Leela, but yes. And what to speak of great yogis or ghanis who conclude that the absolute truth, the personality of God, it, is impersonal. In the same way, great personalities and Vaishnavas like the four kumaras are also invisible to ordinary persons, although they are traveling all over the universe in different planetary systems. Now, here's the point I wanted to make. When Sanatan Goswami went to see Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he could not be recognized by Chandrasekhar Acharya. Right? Anyone remember that story? Lord Chaitanya said there's a great devotee outside. And uh Chandra uh, and uh Goswami was dressed in his Muhammadan outfit, I believe, right? And uh, but anyway, he wasn't dressed as a Vaishnava. And he looked around and said, No, there's nobody there. And Lord Chaitanya basically said, Look again. Right? So we um, we can't just necessarily judge a book by its cover. Right? And there's many examples of this in the scriptures. Was it Pundarik Vidyaniti, right? And who, did, uh, who was sent to go see Pundarik Vidyaniti? Gadadhar Pandit, yes. And uh, he said, oh, looks like a uh, dollar and cent person, right? You know, just, he's just reclining on this big seat and People are dropping grapes into his mouth And uh, then someone, uh, was it Lord Chaitanya or one of the, someone said recite one of the verses from the Bhagavatam. And when Gadadhar Pandit did that, then Pundri Vidini went into ecstasy. And uh, so we can't always uh, uh, judge, uh, yeah, uh, a book by its cover. We sometimes tend to judge people by the way they dress, the kind of car they drive how uh, much education they may have in this world, how many degrees they have, or how much money they have, or some things like this. But um, the, in, in examining the 26 qualities of a Vaishnava, um, impersonalists and personalists can have 25 of them, right? It says. But the one, the one uh, what is it? Krishnaika Sharanam? Is that what it is? Yes. Uh, surrender to Krishna. That's the key. one. That's the srup lakshanam. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur goes into some discussion about this. That, you know, like um, Andy, I think we already did this once before, but it was a year ago or two. Andy, you are a smart person, really. Yes, you are. So just tell me, you know, rank the devote. Let's see, three, six, nine. Rank the ten devotees here from one to ten. Who's the most advanced? Who's the second most? Who's the third most? Go ahead. Well, Now there's 11, so go ahead. Go ahead. Hurry up. He doesn't know, right? And that's Bhakti Vinodakura's point. That you, you, it's very, you can't, you know. So therefore, he was talking about this in terms of Vaishnava aparad, right? And therefore, he says, don't offend any Vaishnava. Because, you know, who can say, you know, you know, raise your hand if you're the most surrendered person in this room. And who's to say? We all have our individual relationships with Krishna. And uh and it's not really a competition either. Right? Yeah, oh you know could you gonna tell us who's the most advanced? Uh, <laughs> okay, but you have a question. <laughs> all right. I don't mind at all. Uh this
4: text is is a big plate, in my opinion. Um when it says people cannot know you, what do you so I, I got a gist of that. You what got is a it of what that? Is, It says here, although you're traveling in all planetary systems, people cannot know you just as they cannot know you. What does that mean, people cannot know you? Oh,
0: yeah, so uh, thank you for that. And that has to be taken in context, right? Because someone can know. um, It's actually very similar to what we're talking about right now. That usually, uh, you know that saying, it takes one to know one? You ever heard that saying? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. so it's a little bit like that. As we are, uh, as someone is a devotee, they can more easily recognize someone else who's a devotee. Whereas someone who's not a devotee, they might think, well, you know, someone... Um, um, Sakshi was a nice person. They probably would call him by his other name. Uh, right? But they wouldn't... But, you know, a devotee can understand another devotee. So that's, that's what it said here. It doesn't mean we cannot understand uh, devotees like the four kumaras. But rather, it's a. Um, it may be said in a bit of hyperbole, but it's said that when, what is that? Vedeshu durlabam, adurlabam atma bhakto. The Brahma Samhita says that it's very difficult to understand Krishna through the shastra. Vedeshu durlabam. But adurlabam, it's easy, if one adurlabam uh, atma if one sees uh, through the eyes of a devotee.
4: So, um, in the in the purport towards end, it says um, one cannot see uh, the supreme personality of Godhead one, therefore that one cannot see or Vaishnava with these material eyes exactly. is that what they're referring to when yes. they say that
0: so, so it's actually referring to another verse in the Brahma Samhita which says Premanjana churita bhakti that one actually sees through the eyes of love through the eyes of bhakti
4: I'll, I also have another question, and I, I ask him this all the time: is that um, the difference between Vishnu and Krishna? So now I understand because I've been reading more, but what is the difference between a Vaishnava
0: and a devotee of Krishna? We, we use the terms interchangeably. Now, you know, yeah, generally, as a general, like if you're walking around ISKCON temples, uh, Vaishnava or a devotee of Krishna is synonymous now if we wanted to get a little particular right, we, we, if we wanted to be a little more detailed we would say Gaudiya Vaishnava which means a, a devotee of Krishna who is following in the teachings of Lord Chaitanya but, right, but, but at least in, in this Khan temple, Vaishnava and devotee are synonymous, right? Is that okay? And then what is a Brahmana? Just... Brahmana is a guy who has one of these things no uh, <laughs> well a brahmana one has to look a little bit at the context okay would it but be like, generally, like the, generally, generally, the priest here what would it be like the priest here who do the well that he, would have, he or she would have to be a brahmana yes but it generally means someone who is in the mode of goodness right uh, it doesn't net, you can be a brahmana without being a Vaishnava. it's okay. possible okay but uh, yes, you can be a Brahmana without being a Vaishnava, right? Yeah. But generally, um, but at the same time, Krishna, we say, Go Brahmanya Hitayacha, that Krishna is very dear to Brahmanas, and that generally means Brahmanas who are also devotees. Okay, so if you did like a Venn diagram, uh, you have Brahmana and Vaishnava, and there's an overlap, but there's some Brahmanas who are not. Vaishnava's, and then it, then you have a big question of can you be a Vaishnava without being a Brahmana, right? Well, that's a tricky question in one sense, um, which we'll talk about another time. Because <laughs> right, I mean, you can be a Sudra Vaishnava, a Vaishnava, but at the same time, for us in Iskan. Um, Anyone who has taken initiation, in one sense, has taken vows that would put them in the Brahmana category, pretty much. Right? Yeah.
4: Is, is there a term for a Krishna devotee? For a or Krishna a, devotee? Or you just use Vaishnava?
0: Yeah, we can use Vaishnava. We can say okay. Krishna bhakta. One time, Krishna Prabhupada wrote, what is it? Krish, Krishnaite? 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did that once. I thank you. Yeah, <laughs> one thing I really always got a real, I really loved was in his passport when he came to um, uh, America under occupation, it said teacher, I thought that was really nice, which a brahmana, a brahmana, um, uh, yajana,
1: yajana,
0: yeah. pratigraha, right, they uh, teach and they learn, they give charity and they take charity. What's the third one? Third category? They do sacrifice. Yeah. So, um, so brahmana is the kind of term that you would find different definitions for in different, society, different Hindu or societies. right? Uh, but in, our, in this kind you'll find sometimes that brahmana is almost synonymous, again, with Vaishnava. Is that alright? Is, is that clear? Wait, microphone.
6: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I know there's also such things as Brahman Rakshashas, you know, like you had you have uh demonic Brahman Brahman is a priest or a teacher and um Huh? In um I don't know. What <laughs> in was in the it time, India? Maybe, I know yeah. well, I don't know how he relates, yeah. But um I've seen that movie with him in India. <laughs> Um, but, but I think Jarasandha and some, some of the demons in our scripture, they had brahmanas chanting mantras for them to attain material mm-hmm. benefits like power or victory or whatever. And Vaishnava Brahmins, they are they're doing their sacrifices to develop love of God and to, to uh, expand or to teach love of God, which is different. You know, we have it in the university, so many demon professors And they might be considered in a demonic society Brahmins because they're teachers, but they're not teaching love of God. Does that make sense?
0: Good, thank you. Oh, wait, microphone.
6: No, I was just going to
1: say for him that in the section just before what we covered today, there's a whole section about Brahmanas and Vaishnavas that you could read, maybe. Mm
0: -hmm. But the main point in this verse is about not judging a book by its cover, so to speak. Um, and it's true that you, you, we really can't, there's no thermometer that you can put in somebody's mouth to get the temperature of someone's bhakti. We have some general idea, probably, you know. at least we have, there is some self-assessment tools, and the main self-assessment tool that Prabhupada told us was that when we feel our material hankerings lessening, then we're making spiritual advancement. He said that. Plus, um, when we feel more affection for devotees, we feel more affection for the Lord than uh, like that. But as a general rule, we don't, we try to, it's, it's hard to say. And uh,
6: uh, uh, The only time I would say that, that it would make sense to so called judge or discern is if you're trying to find a bona fide spiritual master, yeah. then you really do have to decide whether they are Guru Shastra, they're speaking according to the conclusions oh, of sure. Shastra. Which is different than what you're saying, but for the sake of his, his understanding as we're talking about right. it. Uh, that, that's but even,
0: and even then, it might not be their external appearance. Yeah, no, that's true. Or that something is like true. that. Absolutely that, uh, yeah. Or even a, uh, a position in, in, in an organization.
6: Yeah, that is true. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: Yay, Krishna Tattva Veda Say Guru Hai. One who actually knows the Krishna Tattva.
6: I think Mirabai's guru was a shoemaker. Uh, he yeah. dealt in leather goods or something, but he had love of God, so that would not be highly rec- recognized.
0: Right. So him. Lord Chaitanya said, Kiva Vipra, which means like a Brahmana, uh, Kiva Vipra Krivanyasi, a renunciate, uh, Sudra Keneyoy, or one who's, not, who's a Sudra, you know, not a Brahmin, Vaishya, Uh Ye Krishna tatvaveda Veda Se Guru Hoy, but one who knows about Krishna. Is a is a real teacher, and so I th- I think that's important because um, uh, we we it, it kind of goes back to that point about remember right in the very beginning we talked about young people can also be experienced right so we do naturally have we should naturally have uh... proper almost like I say official but official in a in a nice way official respect for people who have um, uh, positions in our in our ISKCON society as GBCs, Pre, well, Tem, this temple president you don't know, have to respect. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have to respect. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Temple presidents, GBCs, you know, things like that. Sannyasis, uh, people who are spiritual masters, things like that. We nat- uh, um, that's there. And interestingly enough, I don't know what Prabhupada would say about the present situation, but uh, there are statements in Shastra that you are re- to respect. The king, or a person who's in a manage, uh, in a governmental position, because somehow or other, Krishna's put them there, or or they at least they've gotten. I don't know. If, you can't blame Krishna for Donald Trump, but uh, you know, they have they've, they've attained that somehow or other. You know, um, uh, like that. But but they're who we give our heart to. That's uh, that's someone who's really we just feel that connection. That is someone's really helping us in our Krishna consciousness. Okay. I know, I'm okay. So I, I thought of maybe one more verse. Anyway, one more. Let me see, what's the next one? Uh, okay, we'll go up to text 11. A person who is not very rich and is attached to family life becomes highly glorified when saintly persons are present in his home. The master and servants who are engaged in offering the exalted visitors water, a sitting in place, and paraphernalia for Reception are glorified, and the home itself is also glorified. Uh, On the contrary, even though full of all opulence and material prosperity, any householder's house where the devotees of the Lord are never allowed to come in, where there is no water for washing their feet, is to be considered a tree in which all venomous serpents live. So people know this in India, and that's why you have to be careful about not overeating, because if you're... How, if you are seen as some kind of uh, devotee, everyone knows that they want to have you at their house to eat because they gain pious credits by doing so. And if you're in Gujarat, then you're really going to be very ill very quickly because they feed you so much. <laughs> no, but everyone, but people understand this, right? Uh, and it is true, you know. And, and Of course, I think I told you this before, Mukundamars, when he lived here, he would go out every night to people's homes. He made so many... Many of the senior devotees in our community are because he went to their homes, like Loka and Vidarbha and other devotees like that. You also? Yes. And, did, and what did he tell you that you could cook for him? Nothing. <laughs> he had milk and fruit, right? Milk and fruit. So but so, he, so look, because of, because of serving Mukundamarshi, we have these great devotees here and so many others. And he would just go out there every night. And he wouldn't stay late either, right? right? No, he was very strict. But uh, it's a wonderful reciprocation, as as we host uh, The last point I'll make is: so we had at, our, at the, my son's wedding, we um, my my wife's family and my family were non, not non-devotee families, you could say, very nice people. And so they noticed that during the uh, ceremony, there are a number of times when when uh, Moya Prabhu, who was the priest, um, would say things like, you know, may you be blessed with great wealth and things like that, right? And at, the end, and at the end, you know, everyone loved the ceremony, but they were wondering about that. You know, why, I thought you guys were like anti-material. Why do you want so much money, right? And so one, one way I explained it is, well, in the traditional society, uh, only those who are married make money. And they're supposed to maintain the rest of society, all the other orders. So it is, we do want the grihastas to be wealthy. They can maintain this temple. They can build a new temple. They can take care of the sadhus. They can take care of people when they're ill. You know, the the grihastas are the ones that are, so it's good for them to be prosperous in that sense, if it's Krishna's will, if it's their karma, and then to give that in charity to the rest of society. And uh, I remember my my, um, in-laws were going, oh, I can dig that, right? They could see it wasn't just, you know, so you can drive a Lexus or something like that. But uh, do you drive a Lexus? Oh, you thought smiling. <laughs> All right. smiling. Uh, no, she has a Mercedes. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, so, So this is something, again, we could talk at another time, but this is the householder's duty, right? And uh, if they don't do that duty, their house is, uh, what is it? Like a, a tree in which uh, all venomous serpents live. But, but that house is, that, that, that married couple is, is highly glorified who engage in taking care of guests nicely and taking care of basically society. So. Okay, so we didn't uh, finish the reading for today. We got up to uh, verse 11, and we will have class next week. I'll be back. I have to go to Albuquerque right now, but I'll be back. And um, we'll continue and probably send out a little more reading assignments. I know some of you might be a little tired because you might go to Gita Nagari for Ratha Yatra, but uh, we'll try to keep you awake. So we'll have class at uh, 10.30 next week. Thank you, Hare Krishna. I better get going.